Imagine you're a young Jewish boy who has just been woken up by your dad before the sun is up. Abba, you complain, it's not even time to do my chores yet. Your Abba seems deaf to your complaints, as he often does, and tells you to get dressed. You hear him tell your mom that Jesus is close by and he wants to hear him teach. As you leave the house, your mom hands you a basket filled with some bread and fish to eat later. The whole family follows your Abba down to the dock, only to discover that Jesus is getting into a boat with his closest friends. Sweet! That means you can go back to bed. You turn around to head back home, but your Abba starts running in the direction the boat is going. What has gotten into him? It's way too early to be running. You follow him, and it feels like you've got to run for hours. Your family arrives in the next town just as Jesus' boat docks, and he walks out of the town to the hills. At least he's walking and not running. You want to thank Jesus for not running, but you're too shy to approach him. Plus, there seems to be thousands of people following him. Jesus sits on one of the hills and begins to teach. Your family sits down to listen, and you marvel that there are so many people that it looks like ants have covered the hills. You pay attention for a while, but then your attention wanders, and you realize you're hungry. You want to dig into the basket your mom gave you, but you know better than to eat it without her permission. As the sun begins to set, you notice that Jesus' friends are having a heated conversation. They've been asking people if anyone has food, but no one gives them anything. You wonder why no one asks you if you have any food. It's probably because you're a kid and nobody thinks you could help them with such a big problem. After building up your courage, you run up to one of Jesus' friends and offer him your five small loaves of bread and two fish. You're quite aware that it's not enough food to feed everyone, but maybe some other people will offer some food after they see you give something to Jesus. Jesus' friend pats you on the head like you're some little kid. However, he then grabs your hand and before you know it, you're face to face with Jesus. Hesitantly, you stammer, I know you're looking for some food, Jesus. You can have mine. Oh, and... Thank you for not running earlier. Jesus thanks you for your generosity, and as you sprint away, you hear him give instructions for everyone to sit down for a meal. Is Jesus planning on feeding everyone with your food? How is he going to do that? But more importantly, what are you going to tell your mom about giving away her food? I'm Pastor Michael, and this is Chicken and Waffles, the Bible podcast for preteens, where learning and obeying God's Word creates preteens that are unique and unforgettable, just like Chicken and Waffles. Hey, preteens, welcome back. It is another great day to become unique and unforgettable by learning and obeying God's Word. That's right, every day you have a choice to become unique and unforgettable. Maybe you didn't do that yesterday. That's okay. You can start again today. So I'm so glad you're here with me today. And if you're new, we've got two questions whenever we read the Bible. What does it mean? 
and what should I do? Now today we're in Mark chapter 6, so let's find out what happens. I've got Zachary who is in 7th grade and he just happens to be my son and he's going to read for us today Mark chapter 6 verses 35 through 44. Late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. But Jesus said, You feed them. With what? They asked. We'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. How much bread do you have? He asked. Go and find out. They came back and reported, We have five loaves of bread and two fish. Then Jesus told the disciples to have the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of 50 or 100. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven, and blessed them. Then, breaking the loaves into two pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute them to the people. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. A total of 5,000 men and their families were fed. All right, so let's jump in with this with our first question. What does it mean? So Jesus is outside of town with a lot of people. Now this passage says that there were 5,000 men, but there were women and children out there too. So a lot of people think that there were probably somewhere between 10,000 to 20,000 people when you include the women and the children. Now, to help you get kind of a picture of what that would look like, think about if you went to go see an NBA team play a game. And for us here, that would be the Memphis Grizzlies. And most NBA stadiums hold anywhere between, you know, 18 to 20,000 people. So imagine one of those stadiums filled up with people. That's how many people were out there. That's a whole bunch, right? Now, they've been out there all day. Jesus has been teaching for much of the day. The people are beginning to get hungry and tired. It's the end of the day, and the disciples realize, hey, we've got a problem on our hands, and you know what? We're going we're gonna to solve this by going to tell Jesus just to get rid of the people, right? Because that's how Jesus functions. Whenever there's a problem, just get rid of the people, No, that is not how Jesus functions, right? And so he responds to them directing him what to do by telling them to feed the people. Now, in John, it says that he was testing them, specifically Philip, because he already knew what he was going to do, and the disciples responded with complete disbelief. They're like, we can't afford it. It's impossible. It'll take a fortune. You know, and some passages of the Bible will say that it, they said it would cost 200 denarii, and which basically would be the equivalent of what 200 people could make for one day's labor. Now, what does that mean for us? You know what? The average American, I did some research here, the average American makes about $300 a day. So if 200 people made $300 a day, you know how much that would be? $60,000. Now, I got a question for you. You got that amount of cash hanging out in your back pocket to go feed a bunch of people? Yeah, neither do I, right? So basically, it was an impossible task. So why would Jesus give this instruction? It's because Jesus is constantly looking for people who will trust him. He's always looking for those people that will trust and then obey him. 
And so after they cry, this is impossible, Jesus sends the disciples out to see if anyone has any food. And you know what? They bring back a boy, and that's what the the Gospel of John tells us, a boy with five loaves and two fish. Now, in a crowd of this many people, do you think he was the only one that had food? I don't think so. But he was the only one who was willing to share his food with Jesus. He knew Jesus was asking for food, and he was willing to trust him with what he had. Think about that. Out of thousands of people, there was one boy who was willing to trust and share what he had with Jesus. And what did Jesus do with that little tiny bit that that boy had? He provided for the entire crowd. And that's what I want you to remember. Our big idea today is that Jesus can use my small resources to accomplish impossible results. Now, I got to admit to you, I don't have a lot of stories about how I trusted Jesus with, you know, with a little bit as a kid, but I do have a lot of stories from when I'm an adult and how I've seen Jesus provide for me in impossible situations. And there was one time where I was in school and I was getting a master's degree. And you know what? God had directed me to start this program, but I didn't have a job at that point. I didn't have a job. I didn't have enough money to pay for this entire degree, but he had told me, hey, this is the direction you're supposed to go. So I did it. And I didn't have enough money to do it, but I obeyed, and I kept going to school, and, and he would provide a little bit here or there for me to pay uh, for my bills. And there came a time where a deacon in our church, I had not talked with him about my degree or anything like that. A deacon in our church called me and took me out to lunch, and he was like, Michael, I have talked with your school. I love what you're doing. I've talked with your school, and I have found out how much you still owe, and even found out there is a price increase that you don't even know that's coming, and he pulled out of his wallet a check that covered the entire rest of my degree. It was over $8,000. Preteens, I didn't have that kind of money at that point. I didn't have a job. I didn't tell anybody I had this need, but God provided it for me in such an amazing way. I obeyed him, And God did something amazing. And I tell you that so that you know that this account from Scripture, Jesus still does this today. He still provides in amazing ways for his people. So if that's what it means, that Jesus can use my small resources to accomplish impossible results, well, what should I do? You know, what does this look like for you? You know, are you willing to allow Jesus to use what you have to impact other people for his kingdom? Now, here's the great thing. You don't have to be super popular for Jesus to use you. Your family doesn't have to have loads of money. You don't even have to be the best dressed or best looking kid for Jesus to want to use you in really cool ways. You just have to be willing to trust him with what you have and be willing to give it to him if he wants to use it for his kingdom. Now, I'm, I'm pretty sure you probably don't have five loaves of bread and two fish, right? But what do you have? I bet you've got video games, maybe a basketball goal, lots of books, or maybe a trampoline in the backyard, uh, or an awesome yard to play in. I, I bet you know what you have. So here's what I'm going to encourage you to do. 
I'm going to encourage you to get a piece of paper and write down everything that's yours. Then I want you to take some time and pray and tell God that you will trust him with everything you own and that you want him to use what you have for his glory. Now, this, this little boy gave Jesus his food, right? Now, are you supposed to take that trampoline you have in the backyard and, and take it to church and, like, give it to the church? No, okay, I don't want you to do that because, one, it wouldn't fit in the offering plate. No, for many of these things, uh, he may want you to use them to create relationships with people who need to hear his truth. Plus, I'm pretty sure your parents don't want you to just give away stuff they've purchased for you, okay? So don't go doing that without talking to them. See, if you tell the Lord you're giving him your possessions, then he will show you how to use them to impact other people for his kingdom. Hey, you know what? You may not have much, and that's okay. Jesus isn't looking for the the richest or the people who have the most. All he's looking for is someone who has a heart to share what they have with him and allow him to use what they have to accomplish an impossible task for his kingdom. That's all he's looking for. So I hope that you will take some time today, write out all those things you have, and then pray and offer those to Jesus for the sake of his kingdom. You know what? I have loved having you here with me. I wish I could see you guys, but I know you're there, and I know that the Lord is speaking to you and guiding you. And I just want to reiterate, yesterday, you may have struggled a little bit. You may not have chosen to be unique and unforgettable, but that doesn't mean that you can't do that today. Whenever that happens, take time. Tell Jesus you're sorry for what you've done, and guess what? He's going to forgive you, and then you can start brand new today. And I hope you will. Now, don't forget to read Mark chapter 7 before our next episode. Use that journal of yours. Write down your two questions. What does it mean? What should I do? And work through it on your own. Because... Every time you learn and obey God's word, you're becoming unique and unforgettable, just like chicken and waffles. I'll see you next time.